You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adam. This is Murps. Hello. All right. Uh, expansion. We're going to talk about it. There Stuff is was released. expansion. We talked about it a little last time in that we mentioned that it exists, but we didn't go into it because the much, 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 much bigger issue uh, or like deal was that uh, Taverns of Times was here and they nerfed the offering rates of all these ridiculous cards and it's a whole new meta and uh, Arena feels pretty good right now. It's um, uh, d- definitely a testament to uh, like the, the large pushes that have been happening from, uh, from the balance team. Um, but that's not what this episode is about. This podcast, we will look and take a preview at Nar- Nar- Narthia, 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 right? Murder no, at Castle Narthia. Nathria. Nathria, not Narthia. Not Narthia. Nathria. Okay. Uh, weird names. But regardless, Murder at Castle Nathria is the next expansion for Hearthstone, and it's going to be a big one. This is going to have huge impacts on the game. Why, Murps? Why would this have a huge impact on the game besides the fact that it's another, like, 140 cards? Because it's a new expansion? I don't know. No, because they added a new card type. A brand new card type, which has not been seen in the entire game. They have added... What the card types have they added uh, since the beginning? They have added quests? They've they have added quests. They've added heroes. Character cards. Uh-huh. Yeah, hero cards, character cards. And not none of those are in Arena. Um, side quests are in Arena, but, but they're basically unplayed. Now they're adding locations, which, as far as we know, is one, going to be in the Arena. Two, is going to be a permanent feature in Hearthstone from now on. So it is not just this set. It is... Uh, at least some sets going forward, if not every set going forward. So that's exciting. And uh and and they're pretty cool too. Um so uh let's let's dig into them. Um uh, how do locations work? Alright, so locations are cards that are played onto the battlefield for an initial cost. They have a mana cost, just like all other cards that you are familiar with. And then they have an ability that can be activated for free once per turn and it costs one durability so it's got a one turn cooldown and uh, it costs one durability but it can be activated on your turn and then you know it just kind of stays there and then you can kind of use it it's it's an additional resource that can be kind of saved up uh once once you have played it for the initial cost Mm -hmm. so basically it's a weapon it is a weapon that you do not put in your weapon slot and goes on the board instead like one of your minions, but it is effectively a weapon. Uh, the only difference is every time you use it, it skips another turn rather than uh, being able to be used the next turn uh, immediately. So for a weapon, let's say it has three charges, you use it the turn you play, the turn after, and the third turn. Uh, if this is a location, you use it the turn you play it, you use it the third turn, and then you use it the fifth turn. That is, uh, that is the, the difference between locations and weapons. Now, they don't sound like they're the same thing, but they are the same thing. It's also going to do really weird stuff to the board when it comes to positioning. Um, but I really don't want to think about that. That's like a freaking nightmare to me. Uh, but it's like dormant cards, right? Except they're always dormant. They will never go undormant. Um, uh, 
and and yeah, um, there's a lot of effects. But okay. So my first impressions of these cards, without looking at a card and just hearing about this mechanic, is holy crap, this is going to be OP in Arena. Um, because one, they're like weapons, and weapons are OP in Arena. And two, one of the big things about Constructed is depending on the type of deck, you get to determine how long the game goes on for. And in Arena, games go on for roughly the same amount of time. Like, the duration of when you win or lose a game is not that wide compared to Constructed um, and compared to flexibility and deck building. So in Arena, delaying the game by, like, five turns is oftentimes a lot less, like, a lot more meaning, like, a lot less of a negative than, uh, than it is um in in many matchups and constructed where it can be countered so i'm like okay weapons are op locations are probably op location stretches out for even more it's probably even more op got it we're just gonna have super op cards dominating the game and it's kind of whatever because we already have other super op cards in fact their like beta testing version of locations was basically like caverns right like um uh what's that paladin one called again bridge where something happens for three turns afterwards after you cast it, right? It's kind of like locations. Uh, not not exactly, but you get that kind of like same feel, right? Like they are literal locations, caverns or bridge, and they do something on the successive turns. Um, and those cards, a lot of them were OP, like caverns, like bridge. But then I looked at the cards themselves, and I did some math. And the cards are actually not OP, I didn't, like, do the math on every single card, so maybe my intuitions are, like, just, like, a little, like, off in looking at some of them. But I picked some of the ones that I thought were the best and ran the math on them. And they're actually fine. They, like, all came out in, like, the B range. I, 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 none of them, for my, like, initial rough math, I'm gonna have better math later before uh, evaluation, so don't take this as, like, written in stone. But I don't think any of them even hit an A. I think they were, like... B's and B pluses, and these are the good, the ones that I thought were good on, on a first glance. So, like, I looked at um, Great Hall, the Paladin one, which is uh, two mana, three charges, set a minion's attack and health to three. Um, it is that uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name, the four mana three four Paladin card that uh, Keeper of Oldamon. Yeah, it's Oldamon. It's Oldamon's ability uh, three times for two mana. Like that sounds really good. It is not. It is not really good. It's playable. The, the, the cards are also not, like, bad. But they seem, like, really balanced, especially for class cards. Like, even as neutral cards, they would not have been too powerful. They may have been too, like, weird or, like, fancy, but they would not have been too powerful. And as class cards, they're really just, like, good class cards. They're not even great class cards. Like, we're, we're not even... It's not that we're not entering the territory of broken cards, like caverns. We're not even entering the, car- the territory... Of like really good slash great class cards that no one has a problem with, like these are like fireballs, you know, like they're good. You you want them, and these are the good ones, but they're not like at all pushing the limits of what a class card does. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, uh, there's a difference now between just cards that are good. And then game-breaking, colossal swing type of cards. And even for neutrals, right? You saw a lot of really game-breaking, like, if you're able to play this, you kind of win cards. 
Um, and a lot of these are not it. They play very well within the arena ecosystem that I think you should be used to by now, mm-hmm. uh, in which, yeah, you know, you should expect some good value for a card. Good value for a card is just the standard nowadays. Yeah. And especially if you're delaying something by five turns, right? Like, you should get good value. You better get good value. Um, like, I'm just giving an example of some of these cards. Uh, so I think they released, they revealed eight, maybe nine. I'm looking at the wiki right now, it has eight. Um, but like the priest one says, uh, give a minion plus two plus one and draw a card. Three mana, three charges. So that's three mana, which you normally draw two cards and it's not a good card anymore. And instead now you get to draw three cards, but the two cards are delayed and you get to buff a minion. Like, that's good. But the delays on the buffs make them a little, like, actually makes them a lot less attractive. And the delay on the cards, it's just, you're, you're putting so much, right? Like, whenever you play one of these cards, you're just like, okay, so I'm going to lose the board for a bit, and I'm going to catch back up, right? And if you're looking at Caverns, that's four mana, you lose the board by 1-1, one, one, you're immediately caught up the next turn. You look at these cards, like, look at, like, Nightcloak Sanctum, the mage one, which is three mana. Freeze a minion, summon a 2-2 Volatile Skeleton. That means in three turns, you're only getting eight stats of tempo for three mana. After three turns. Like, these are not caverns. These are, like, much worse. Yep. Um, So it's, once again, it's easy for you to look at these and be like, whoa, I'm getting so much. And... You're just really relying on the fact that, oh, uh, my opponent won't have good ways to play around it, right? It's like, remember, after you use it, there's a one-turn cooldown, so they could use that one-turn cooldown to use it uh, to sort of play around it advantageously, Mm -hmm. right? They have that little bit of space to sort of squeeze through a big minion, for example, if you're playing Paladin, to um, just, you know... It's like, oh, they can clear your board or they can choose not to clear your board when you're the priest because they don't want you to have something to buff, to have that initiative. I think that there is definitely uh, sort of, you have to have a game plan going in. These are Mm -hmm. not cards that by themselves, because these days, what are the best cards? The best cards are the cards that by themselves win you the game, like secure you the game in a questionable position or flip the board and bring you from a bad situation to a good situation immediately. That's why we talk about stuff like, oh yeah, it's Ivis, it's Colossals, it's, uh, you know, Raid Boss and Nixia, stuff like that. Um, because those are the cars that do exactly what I'm talking about. And for a lot of these locations, they're just like, oh, this is nice. It's a nice add-on, right? It's It's a nice thing for me to also play and get additional value but they don't win me the game, right? It's like, we're, we're not, this is, yeah. this is an RBO. This isn't like Rune of the Archmage either. These are just like nice complementary pieces to stuff that you, you mm-hmm. and you still need those bombs. You still need those bombs. And this is just what complements the rest of your deck. Yeah, and they're not like curve cards because they cost so much mana and they, they drip their value to you very slowly over five turns. Um, there's one... So far, uh, the Sinstone Graveyard, where that has only two charges. I don't know what happened to that. Maybe it got nerfed. Oh, Hedge Maze also only has two charges. Um, but most of them take five turns to, to use up all their power. So, uh, that's just... They, they got some problems. Um, uh, that being said, they're, they're an exciting addition to the game. They'll be fun to use. Uh, it's just... 
I was expecting them to be more powerful. And it's a good thing that they're not more powerful in the arena. And if you're wondering, wait, so then are they going to be used in Constructed? Uh, I can't tell you that because we're not Constructed players, but they are all very synergistic to something. So that is their value in Constructed. And in Arena, you're not getting that. So, uh, or at least you're not getting that much of that. So their value is not as, uh, uh, like that's where the value difference comes from between like say Caverns and the Locations. Um, Caverns is just kind of slamming you with stats. These locations are all a little bit synergy. And you can tell the synergies work, like if they are working, they're going to work really well because they will trigger three times. So it's three separate triggers of a synergy, which is very valuable. Um, and I don't know, maybe you can make them work in Arena too, but just you have to rely on drawing one of these and playing it for your synergy. It's, uh, it, it is a, they are relatively high synergy cards that also have a base of being able to do some things. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for these cards. It's uh, kind of long overdue for Blizzard to have more things that do things that are not just minions. Uh, like, I thought they would have a second weapon slot, but this is the direction that they went with, and that is totally cool. Um, I, I totally understand it, and maybe this will lead to um, to different types of things with abilities, right? Like, abilities are, are cool things to have instead of just everything being start of turn, end of turn, upon attack. I'm actually really surprised it took them this long to do something like locations because for MTG, they've had enchantments for mm -hmm. how long, right? Like mm -hmm. you've always had enchantments to look at as a potential inspiration or just like some field card, right? Like th that's always been uh, some pretty low hanging fruit. I think every, like almost every card game has some t sort of like stadium or field uh, card. I know the Pokemon TCG has had that for a while, right? You have a stadium card, although obviously for Pokemon, it makes a lot of sense flavor-wise as well. Oh, it's a stadium, mm -hmm. right? So we want like some some stadium cards. So I think that like uh, this makes a lot of sense, and I'm honestly shocked that it took this long for them to yeah. to do it this way. Yeah, yeah, um, and there seems like there's only going to be one location per class for this set, but expect more of these to come in future sets like this is exciting for the future uh, and and honestly they may be putting these at a low power level to start with just so it doesn't overwhelm the game um I, I, again i don't know how it works in constructed uh but just I, I was very surprised by their um moderate power level uh in in the arena um so yeah especially after caverns um but yeah uh, there's also unrevealed ones uh like uh, the Warlock one, I think, is the one that hasn't been revealed yet, so maybe that one's super ridiculous and we're all going to hate it the way we hate caverns. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, the, the, that's locations. So that's exciting, and that's coming up. The other card mechanic that they revealed is Infuse. Um, Infuse is... It has a number after it, so it says, like, Infuse 2. I'll just give you an example. Of uh, of the neutral common card with Infuse that they revealed. It's also one of the only neutral cards that they've revealed uh, so far that's non-legendary. So we don't really have like a, oh, this is going to ruin Arena kind of like neutral card uh, yet. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if it comes. But really with the new dev team uh, doing the balancing, I'm, I'm fully confident that if anything's out of control, the, uh, the offering odds are going to be nerfed. So it'll be fine. Um, so anyway... To show off the Infuse, it is a 2-mana, two 2-3 two, taunt, common, neutral, pretty normal card. And then Infuse 3, gain plus 2, plus 2. And what that means is, while this card is in your hand, after 3 minions die, 
it will gain plus two, plus two. It is a hand yep. buff. Yeah. Um, look, I, these mechanics that they introduced uh, this expansion, I don't know, they're not that weird. Mm -hmm. um, this is a pretty normal mechanic. Uh, like, you've seen this sort of similar mechanic as well. Um, like, previously, you know, not as an actual mechanic, but yeah, if something dies, if something takes damage, etc., etc. Um, yeah, even the, the Naga mechanic in the previous set, right? If you cast yeah. a spell while the Naga is in your hand, or if you cast three spells while this whatever's in your hand, uh, it's, it's in the same vein. But this one is about the board, and whenever we're talking about... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm seeing a chat. I forgot... Uh, I forgot the word friendly, but yes, infuse is only friendly minions. That is that is what I meant. It is not all minions. It is friendly minions. Um, your opponent's minions do not infuse your cards. Um, okay, so but uh, so for the two mana two three, for example, the power level it reminds me of um, like that warlock card that summons imps after like it's two mana you summon a three two imp and then when it becomes five mana it's still for two mana you get to summon two three two imps and when it's ten mana you get to summon three three two imps if it gets there right for like no extra just bonus so that one's pegged on time this one's pegged on things dying but it's the same kind of idea where you just get like for these smaller cards especially uh you just get more stuff in the future so that um, they can have uses in later on in the game. And it's not just like, oh, I top decked a two drop and it's turn eight. That is a crappy card. Um, so I do I do like the design. I think obviously it's a very good card because a two mana two three taunt is already a good card. So a two mana two three taunt with infused three gain plus two plus two is a very good card. Like this is not no one's gonna look at this card and be like, this is ruining arena. But this is this card's going to be like in that B B plus probably territory where it's going to be sneaky good. It's going to be like uh, like Rams, where when Rams was announced, we certainly underrated the card like crazy. Um, and uh, since then, it's been in almost every single meta, and it's been dominant in almost every single meta. And but but people don't have a problem with it. It's almost always the top card that no one's calling for a nerf to in neutral. Um, and I think this card is going to be like Ram. Uh, it's yeah, it, by the way, the card's name is called Priest of the Deceased. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the other neutral cards with Infuse are, uh, but it's going to be, it's, it's all going to be interesting. Um, it's, a, it's a good mechanic. Uh, like I was saying before, whenever you see on the board, you know this is going to be arena relevant. You know this is going to be like fun in the arena, and it'll lead to a lot more decision making. Because you're always managing your board resources in the arena. Every single game. That is a huge part of arena. So um, the, the infused mechanic generally is going to be a big winner in arena. Yep. I'm looking forward to, uh, to this expansion. I think that the best expansions from an arena standpoint are ones in which, you know, it's not like... When you see an expansion like Old Gods, you're just like, oh, man, this was definitely mm -hmm. not made for arena right and they even took out like the cars that we wanted just uh the yeah. standard they you know, took out mana, like the three, three mana three fours yeah even yeah. just because it mentioned the old gods even though that was a totally good spider tank in arena back in the day yeah uh so 
this is an expansion where it's like, okay, locations, even though they might have synergies with constructed decks and strategies, they certainly work in arena, uh, or at least, you know, most of them are should work and either be pretty good to just okay slash, yeah, even if they're bad, whatever, you, you don't pick them, right? Um, and with Infuse, like, okay, this is a very arena relevant slash friendly mm-hmm. mechanic. This is fine, they're, right? They're it's all like, good. They're all good. It's like Discover is good for Constructed and Arena. This is like definitely, you know, this is fine for Arena. This is not like any sort of synergistic quest slash old god mechanic Mm. that you just can't make work in Arena at all, which means for that expansion, we are lacking content. Here, we're not lacking content for this expansion. No, this is going to be a very big impact set into the arena no matter what the other sets are so there's always there's also going to be a rotation right so everything's going to change and it's hard to predict anything like too specifically right now but one thing is for sure like just seeing some of the both of these mechanics they are both arena friendly mechanics and they are going to be interesting in the arena without kind of moving you to a different game right like these are all arena mechanics not just arena friendly and but like arena fundamentals friendly like they are they will make the game still feel like arena while adding different twists and spices to it um like this set i'm sure was not made with arena in mind but it might as well have been like these are the these are the best types of cards to add to the arena so this is uh this is exciting also the theme is interesting it's uh it's a murder mystery like i i like the the fun summer ones um like uh what is it uh Karazan, that was that was a fun one too. Yeah, but it's gotten weird. People are like getting horny for the main vampire. Oh my god, like, people I... are getting horny for stuff. Yeah, well, Did you see the post on happened? Diablo Immortal where someone was getting horny for the 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 blonde shadow uh, quest giver person that shows a Prothea or whoever. Prisvold? Prisvold, yeah, Prisvold, who you could kill at what? some points because she's a traitor sometimes. Yeah, um, this is Welcome to Video Games. You know what? This is definitely <laughs> a Welcome to Video Games. Like, if you didn't know, you should know by now. Uh, yes. Uh, but, but okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, the set's going to be interesting. We're really looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, we're always looking forward to uh, whatever the next set is, but the anticipation levels are, are different depending on the set. And some sets come out with stuff and we're immediately like, danger, danger. Like, we, we want a new set of new cards, but danger, what's going to happen? I just, I feel so secure with the next set. Less because, like, partly because the mechanics don't look like they're crazy, but also partly because the team has basically promised to make quick changes, and they've shown that they're making big changes to offering rates. And the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive to these big changes uh, on offering rates to, like, the ridiculous cards. So, presumably, it's going to keep happening, and then we're going to be in good arena metas from now on? Like, you know, or the, to the extent that we're in bad ones, it'll only last, like, a few days or a week or something? Like, that would be that, that would be an insane quality of life improvement for arena players. Like, just absolutely insane. Because that has, you know, happened in very small spurts, like maybe 20% of the time in history. Yep. <laughs> so, I'm excited. Um, I think that this expansion, along with the fact that you know Matt London and team are looking at this, you know that sort of whatever happens, it should be... 
addressed or at least acknowledged, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think we are past the point in which we are sort of asking for acknowledgement, like, which is great. Like, you yeah. know that Matt London and team are going to be responsive on Twitter, that they are, if there is any issue or if there is any unsavory parts of the meta, they will at least be aware of it mm -hmm. and tell everyone that they're working on it, which I think is the biggest first step uh, that we yeah. have crossed. And they're, and they're doing much more than that. That Like, their, their yeah, changes are. are quick. The changes uh, for for the last uh, for the last mini set, like since then, they they said that they would be quick, and they are quick. Like, are they like lightning quick? No. And honestly, past teams have worked faster, so we know that they're like not like doing crazy stuff, right? But they're doing the work, and they're doing good work. And uh, you know, like when the new set releases, I think we should expect within a week uh for whatever changes the first round of changes at least to like smooth out the really rough edges to the extent there are any really rough edges um and you know maybe that will also be the time when they take a first stab at uh at a class balance um so yeah uh and again we're talking about balance in terms of more like nerfing really good card uh, nerfing offering rates of uh really overpowered cards to make the arena feel better class balance that's a whole other story um, it's not like, oh, they're terrible at class balance or whatever, but that's just so tricky. And there's so much luck involved in it to get it right in like the first time or the second time or even the third time. Um, so I have, I have left less faith on class balance, but it's not really about class balance unless one class is super out of tune. Like it's, it's really like, I think we all realize this. Like we all feel this in the past few months when we've been playing it's that class balance is nice and all. And sometimes in history, we've had a very good class balance. But the actual in-the-game feel of not having to see ridiculously overpowered cards every single match, even though the ridiculously overpowered cards still exist, and you still do see them, and you still do lose to them, and you still do draft them. Like, this is the new balance. And this is the new feeling. And those lowered offering rates really, really, really do make a difference. More so than having like a pitch perfect class balance. It's just such a shame Cavern Dreamer existed. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a shame. Like, I think, um, because look, people calling them out for Cavern Dreamer, you got every right to. Mm -hmm. It is probably the most, because like, I mean, just game up. breaking card on one is the literal yes. worst, right? Yes. Like, it is the literal worst. And it's, we have all seen how powerful it is. The meta would be fine if it weren't for Cavern Dreamer, but Cavern Dreamer does exist and it ends games on one and there's literally nothing you can do about it a lot of the times. So yeah, we, we have had a otherwise very good, healthy meta pretty much completely ruined by one card that ends games on turn one. So that's just super unfortunate there. Okay, so I have played like, I don't know, probably, I want to say seven runs? in this meta so far. Um, and I've seen zero Cavern Dreamers. I feel like I'm incredibly lucky. And these are not like 0-3 runs, you know? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like averaging, I don't know, eight wins or something. I'm doing pretty well in this meta, um, partly because of luck, but also partly because, hey, what do you know? That when the meta normalizes, good players do better. Um, but... Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if the offering rates for Cavern Dreamers is actually quite low um, and people are just like freaking out because it makes such a big impact or if I'm just super lucky. 
never seen a single. It's not, super like, it's not like I've never seen one on one, right? I've literally never seen one. No one even played it as a BM at the end before they win or lose. Never seen it. It's never gotten like discarded. Nothing like that card might as well not exist. Wow, must be nice, man. Um, yeah, but. I mean, I think that's uh, enough people complain about it that I'm guessing other people are having different experiences. But I can attest to the experience of what if Cavern Dreamer did not exist? And that experience is really, really good. (laughs) This meta is really, really good. Really good if Cavern Dreamer didn't exist in that I've never seen one. Um, So yeah, uh, anyway, just just overall excited about what the development. Um, And uh, yeah, we'll... uh, We'll end the, uh, the the next set talk here and go to Question from the Goat, which we mentioned a little before. So Question from the Goat, uh, I'm just going to talk about my upcoming trip. Because, as we mentioned in the last Light Forge, I'm leaving you guys. I'm leaving you guys for uh, two weekends. And then I will be back on the 31st of July. For which is a Sunday, and we're going to start at 7 p.m., which is our normal start time. But we normally start way earlier for this. But that is our Narthia uh, card valuation stream, where we're going to go like six to eight hours, and this is going to push into like 2 a.m. Definitely because we're starting so late, and we can't start earlier because my plane doesn't get here until a certain time, and I have to eat food. Um, and I will be pumped with coffee. I'll be suffering jet lag. Like it's going to be a mess. Come, come and support us if you, uh, if you, I mean, we'll be going for so long. You'll definitely be awake and available during some part of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's the next time I'll be back. In the meantime, I will be going to New York uh, to visit some family and then to uh, Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia, the country. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, my family, half my family, is from uh, Inner Mongolia and China. And China does not let other people in right now. So this is the longest time in my life I have not been to Mongolia uh, in my entire life. And uh, I'm feeling a little, a little homesick. Uh, so uh, we're, uh, we're using Outer Mongolia as, uh, as a proxy for, uh, for my homeland. Um, it'll be cool. It looks super pretty we got a a nice tour guide set up for a week-long stay there uh out in the middle of nowhere you know driving out in a range rover uh living with nomads um you know seeing the 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 stuff and and without internet access probably for most of it so that'll be a cool experience um normally when i go to inner mongolia i i only go i've only been camping for at most overnight one one night so this is going to be uh, four nights overnight, uh, and it's going to be a longer kind of trip. Uh, so that'll be really cool. Uh, it'd also just be cool to see Outer Mongolia as a country I've never been to before, and having, you know, since the split, developed a, a different culture than Inner Mongolia, I'm sure. Um, and after that, I will be going to Seoul in uh, South Korea, uh, because just like China does not let us into Inner Mongolia, North Korea is not letting us into North Korea, so we have to we have to go to South Korea, uh, and uh, we'll be in Seoul for a few days, uh, catch a K-pop show, walk around, enjoy the city, have it be a, a nice contrast to our grasslands, middle of nowhere experience in Mongolia, and then that that's our trip. It's uh, it's a three week long trip, 
New York, then Mongolia, then Korea. And then afterwards, I have a wedding to go to, too. So that's not even the end of my trip. Uh, but I will be back. Very tired, very jet-lagged for the 31st. We'll be back to Hearthstone at that point. Sounds good. And in the meantime, look, if I get my computer back, that's a big if. But if I get my computer back, uh, I can definitely stream for you guys. I, I want to get back to streaming. As of right now, it ain't happening. But, you know, uh, I, I, I want it to happen. I will keep you guys updated. I will tweet out <laughs> if it does happen. You can also um, test out streaming on your current computer. I mean, I, I've, I've tested it before, and uh, it doesn't really work. Okay. Uh, but we can keep testing, you know? <laughs> like, whoops. Sure, we can we can test. Um, I'm hoping to get my actual computer back. Obviously, uh, that would be great. That would be fantastic. But as of right now, uh, that doesn't seem to be very realistic. Um, okay. Hopeful. Yeah. Um, we are definitely hopeful because I'll be gone for three weeks. So that is a yeah, long time for that computer to get to you, and that is by far the longest time that we will be without a stream on the Grinning Goat. Uh, if uh, if uh, if you you don't get your computer back, uh, you know, until I'm, after I'm back. So fingers crossed. Um, yeah. <laughs> Someone in chat says I was gonna say you kind of look like Kim Jong Un in a bathrobe. There is a picture of me from like I want to say like eight years ago when I was in uh, Inner Mongolia, and I was in a Soviet style like coat. So Mongolia is really cold. It's like a desert, but it's a really cold desert. So we were there in like the late spring, but it was super cold. So they had to give us all like fur coats out in the grasslands. And I had my shades on and I looked like the splitting image of Kim, uh, Kim Jong-un. I, I still have that picture. It is an excellent picture. I look pretty badass. Like, you know how Kim Jong-un usually looks like a huge dork, but like in some pictures, he actually looks like he's like crazy and about to destroy the whole world and like vaguely cool. That's how I looked. Great. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll we'll try to replicate that picture if we get the fur coats again uh, on our, on our trip. Cause you gotta have the Soviet style fur coats, like the Mongolian style fur fur coat. Don't, don't send the same message, you know? That's, that's fantastic. All right. Okay. Okay. Are we are we at the end of this? We wanted to make this a short podcast uh, also because we have Diablo Immortal clan activities. It is the right. The Grinning Go clan, if you guys don't know, is uh, the number three dark clan now on the Worldstone server. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty high up. Um, and the right is, uh, is happening, which is like the big world V, like big world PvP event where we're probably going to lose um as as in the collective of the shadows is probably going to lose but we'll, we'll you know we'll, it, it just keeps going until we win it's a weird system like basically the the masses will keep getting more powerful they'll just get like bonus like plus 20 percent damage plus 20 percent life every week until they eventually overwhelm the whales that's that's the whole pvp mechanic uh for a realm pvp in uh in diablo immortal um, and this is the first time you're facing a real human opponent so uh it's kind of exciting anyway um that's it from us. Uh, I will... Yeah, I won't even have internet access uh, for parts of the trip. So I'll check in with you guys uh, when, when I'm back. Until right, then. Sounds good. Until three weeks from now, this is Abukta. This is Merp. See you guys.
enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.